cool. The Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by Andrew McCaskill uh, from EO. And slightly different this episode. Um, bit cut short for time, but Andrew was in the studio and working with us anyway, so didn't want to miss out on coming on the show, did you? So um, Absolutely not. <laughs> so we thought we'll um, cover probably some of the questions that I always ask or I want to ask, sort of just get straight to it, basically, straight down to business. So... Um, You've been in recruitment for over a decade? Correct. That's crazy. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So firstly, I'd say, what, what's been, what have you seen the sort of biggest, I guess, two questions. What's been the biggest change last 10 years um, that you, you found? And then also, where, where do you see the, the, the industry going? Yeah, no, good question. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. The biggest change by miles has been the capability that clients have to attract people directly. Okay, because Because when I started, you could pretty much get a CV out of your database. It was all about how big your database was and then sell that into the market. That used to be part of the pitch. Yeah, we've got 10,000 candidates in this database. Okay. But now everyone's got access to LinkedIn, which is 500 million. So they've got the biggest database. (laughs) So so the biggest challenge has been to evolve the model to add value when actually clients can quite easily Mm. attract a lot of talent directly. I think that's been the big thing. Um, And that kind of feeds into your second question, which is, well, where do we go from there? Well, as an industry, I think we've got to elevate Okay. and to augment the services that we offer to be far broader. So rather than just sending CVs, yeah. I think we need to move closer and closer to more consulting okay, as opposed to just pure transactional recruitment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so again, it it's bit. giving more value, isn't it? So of course. I've had, so- I had someone on here previously who said like those low-touch transactional recruiters could be done by tech, like not, not yeah. long in the future. replaced by AI, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I get it. Um, so something that I definitely want to ask you um, is you do a lot of videos, right? Yep. When did you start doing those? Like the sort of. I've been blogging for six or seven years and transitioned more to video and vlogging in the last eighteen months. Okay. So let's take it back then. What? Because I'm sure you had some recruiters. To I, I had this when I when I was recruiting. If when you started blogging, going Andrew, what are you doing? Why is that? How's that make more money? Yeah. <laughs> so what? What was there a particular moment where like you know what? If I started doing this, this could mean this long term. I don't know what. What was the motivation when you started to? not do the normal traditional stuff as as well as that well it was just under it's about use of time right i think time management in recruitment is a you know a huge thing yeah and what i realized is when i started blogging that i could write a blog for an hour Mm. that could reach a thousand customers yes and it's as straight it's as simple as that it's about one to many it's about one to many yeah so for me it was about efficiency as much as anything in the first in the first port of call, mm. what it then led on to was actually converting that into cash. Yeah, yeah. So 30% of our revenue today, we're 80 people split across five countries at EO, and 30% of our revenue comes inbound via our marketing and social challenge. Love that. So it, it, <laughs> it started off with efficiency mm. and kind of dipping my toe in the water, um, but it's it's very much led to okay. to a clear uh, ROI. That's cool, because I think a lot of people now, I know you started ages ago, but now we're catching on to, oh, God, these people doing videos, I should be doing it. They, they know mm. that they should be doing it. And I think that that's what I always say to people is, look, basically, you're taking a one-on-one conversation with your candidate, a one-on-one conversation with your client, and you're potentially touching X amount of people, which is pretty much what you just said. So um, another thing what I know a lot of people get stuck on, which you'll be able to add value around. So what, what did you start like? What did you start talking about? Yeah, what so was the content? I talked to my guys about having their content filters open. Okay. I think you can find content in anything, to be <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say to me, I think the, the error that people make to answer your question is they sit down and they say, I need to produce some content. Yeah, and they yeah. try and think of something from scratch. Yeah. 
Whereas actually, your everyday interactions as a recruiter, there's always content. Exactly. There's always content. So every client meeting I come out of, every time I meet a candidate, every time I interview someone to work for us, mm. there's always something out of that conversation that I record at the back of my black yeah. book yeah, in, yeah. A, in a content form. So that's I've already class. got my next 30 lined up. I'm, that's class. But before we get there. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's really clever. And I think that, that's exactly, again, that, that came, that just, and when I started doing videos and stuff, that sort of just came natural to me. But it is literally that. It's like, firstly, document over create. A lot of people think, oh, I need to create something really fancy or whatever. But really, especially in recruitment, it's like, talk about what you talk about. Because that's when, as you track back, you said about being more consultative and stuff like that. That's what you want to share because that that value add, yeah, you are telling that person in that conversation. But you can do a video and it can reach X amount of people. Um, that's Spot really on. interesting. That's really interesting. Can I tell you about one of the success stories that come out of this? Please do it. Because my CEO, okay, I'm just thinking about what you're saying about some of your listeners. Some yeah, people yeah, are a little yeah. bit. No, because uh, that was my next thing. What's the ROI, Andrew? How, like, what, what did what, you get back? Thirty percent of our current. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no, give me a success story because a lot uh, of people are still on the. Well, phone. just to get, just give you an example. So my my CEO is an engineer. Right? Okay. Um, so he's not from recruitment. He's an engineer, MBA from Cranfield. Really uh, smart guy, but very logical. And mm. um, when I started doing these blogs. Um, he, he couldn't really translate that straight away to cash. Anyway, um, we got in front of the board of a big airline yeah. for a pitch, right? Yeah. So we drive up to Heathrow together and we were prepping in the car and all that good yeah, buzz yeah, that you yeah, get yeah, before yeah. you go into one of these places. Um, and we dived into it and met someone on the main board of one of the major airlines. Mm. And this guy just sat down and literally threw up on us for an hour about all of his pain, every challenge he's got, mm. every hole he had in his organisation. Yeah. He had a live search for us to go after. And after an hour of this top exec just opening up to us i said do you, do you, do you want me to tell you a bit about us yeah. like do you, do you want me to you know kind of tell you why you should pick us for the role and he's like oh no no, no. i'm already i've already decided i'm using you i've, I've seen your blogs oh. i've read your content i know you know what you're talking about i love that so he had bought way before we yeah, got up there yeah, yeah, yeah. and in the car on the way back my ceo kind of looked at him and he's like what is this shit you're doing <laughs> no, it's, just, it's just some kind of black magic that i've never heard it's of before class. Class. So he'd bought way before we turned up. Like yeah, it class. was, it was already over the pocket. We just had to go and knock it in by listening yeah. and consulting. And I think that's that's where I think blogs can still do that. But I think that's the shift in videos because, like, when you the video element, they people can really watch those and really feel like they know Andrew. Before, yeah. do you get what I mean? So I think that that's why video is so powerful and why LinkedIn are um, encouraging you to use it and all that sort of stuff. But mm. mate, honestly, I absolutely love that story. And when for me. I, I didn't quite have a success story like that, but what I tell people when they first start, because why people stop is because they haven't got anything in return yet. They have the expectation of getting that getting that moment um, probably way too early than they should, should get it. Like you said, you've been doing it for six, seven years. Um, what I always say is like take mental note of those small wins as well. So when you go to a networking event and someone comes up to you, oh, hi, Andrew, I've seen your video, da 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 how much easier is that to have a conversation yeah, when course. someone comes up to you, do you know what I mean, instead of having to, to break the ice and all that sort of stuff. So absolutely love that, mate. Um, I get that as well internally because people see what I'm doing. So they come in and then they have a go for four weeks yeah. and then they go, no, it doesn't work. That's what I mean because they're thinking, well, I haven't got anything in return yet. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it's, it's like getting fit. Mm. And you, building recruitment. you yes. just got to go, yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically life. Yeah, literally, yeah, basically it, there's life. No, there's no, uh, there's no, no shortcut. shortcuts. Yeah, you yeah. just got to show up, be consistent, show up, be consistent. Exactly. And, and it'll come. No, so. I think that. I love that. Um, so, obviously, we were speaking earlier today, and I'd love you to sort of uncover a bit of this because I never recruited in this world. But so, obviously, um, you're your exec search firm, right? So, yeah. you were telling me that sort of your average consultant would do anywhere between sort of seven to 12 deals in the year. Yeah. Right, yeah. 
how can someone maybe not everyone wants to get into that but obviously um, that'll be more high ticket stuff so how can someone try and get into that if they haven't got that sort of experience or i don't know what what can be um some good advice around people who want to sort of take it up a notch and get in, into that sort of exec space? yeah no it's a really good question um well, to start, everybody that works for us in the UK is an ex-contingent recruiter, including myself. So, okay, there you go. So uh, everyone could do it like... Absolutely. Like, okay, cool. There, there's no barriers to entry. Yeah. Um, I think um, the key skill you have to develop to elevate up is in contingent recruitment, when you're going out and meeting clients, you'll be talking 75% of the time. <laughs> and I think when you go out at an exec level, yeah. you tend to listen 75% of the time. Okay. And it's far... Um, your conversations are far less about recruitment and far more about business. So it's far more peer-to-peer. And, of course, any business challenge that a client has has a human element to solve it, right? Of course. So it always leads to a need, but the conversations aren't about when's your PSL up for renewal, yeah, yeah. what's your HR process, blah, 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 who do you deal for, with for recruitment? Why, why is we that? We don't then? even talk about it. Why is that? Is that because, like, the, your your clients know... How, how important you are to the process or I don't know what I think why it, is that no what, what, well, I think we we lead it that way to position ourselves as not the typical transitional okay. recruiter yeah so yeah recruitment's the last thing you want to be talking about you, 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 you want them to feel like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're uh, a strategic partner of mm. theirs and for them to open up and for you to add value and then for talent and headhunting top talent mm. to be a solution to some of their pain. So we, it's painstorming is what yeah. we call it instead oh, of nice. brainstorming. So that, that's the main difference. It's actually you're listening more. Um, it, obviously, it takes more time. You're doing less deals. But it's very much talking about um, people, talking about the pain points and all that as opposed to, as you said, those, those things. Yeah, I could potentially do this for 15% or whatever, yeah. all that it, sort of it's, stuff. It's just a slightly elevated game. So, so if someone wants to break into that then, literally there, there's no, I don't know, is there a certain maybe different mindset you have to sort of demonstrate in sort of interviews or to, to, to businesses? Because I'm, I can imagine, for me personally, I know I'd struggle with only doing that amount of deals because I'd, I'd love doing deals. Like, yeah. like So it, obviously there must be a lot of time, obviously. I guess it's like that having conversations with key people which you really get a buzz off. Or I don't mm. know, what, 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 what sort of different mindset would you have to approach it coming from a contingency background? Yeah, well, I think in contingency background, and obviously I'm not generalising, there's nothing wrong with the contingency uh, yeah, yeah. world. It's where we all uh, came from and had a great time. Um, but I think you enter into most discussions in a contingency way looking to extract. Okay. So you go into a meeting and you go, and your boss says before you go out, right, how many contacts yeah, are you going like to get? Like how that. many leads you're going to get? So true. How many? Whereas the prep before a search meeting is what value you're going to add, what you're going to give. Okay. So it's, it's far more about being generous and driving reciprocity and that goodwill coming back towards you as opposed to going in and trying to extract. I like that. So that's the flip. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I guess the recruiter has got to really embrace that and has got to really shift. Yeah, it's hard though because we've all got those <laughs> those, those killer yeah, habits. Yeah, yeah. But exactly, that's yes. class. Okay, cool. So let's talk a bit more about you then. So, um, what what's been? I always ask people this because I, I find it really interesting. What what's been your sort of biggest high in, in your recruitment career? Do you think to date? Um, well, I'd, I'd have to say taking out the innovation that we have at. EO has has been a massive high. Okay. Just because we're we're doing something very very different using video and post placement coaching and a whole bunch of stuff to, mm. so that's the first time in my life I felt like I've had a real huge point of difference. That's been good. Um, but prior how to, did you communicate? Like, did you get a lot of? Was it you that sort of really grew that? Like, did you get a yeah. lot of pushback initially? 
when we when we took it out to market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we did, we did. But since we launched it four years ago, and the business has doubled in size since, um, <laughs> yeah. so there hasn't been that much pushback. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, no, but well, that, I, I guess maybe more internally, like. Andrew, are you sure this would work? Or, I don't know, did you get much of that? Or was a lot of people sort of brought into it early? Or? No, I think most people joined because of the product and the okay. service and the fact it was something a bit different, to be Fair honest enough. with you. So that was a highlight. But, I, you know, I'm really thankful to the industry. I started off as an accountant. Yeah. Obviously, completely different world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, far more dull. Far more dull. It was, it, was the, <laughs> it was the right decision to get out. Yeah. Um, but recruitment took me to Australia for four years. You know, mm. I got transferred out. Um, with a company um, out to Australia for four years yeah. so it's given me life experience it's given me yeah. exposure and I think the best thing about it is it's like it's like doing a real time MBA like the amount of people you meet oh, and the amount you know about business like I, I, you know because we've worked in recruit, you could stick anyone there and we'd be able to find Literally. some common ground and talk to them and 100%. might even know some of their colleagues some of their mm. competitors whatever it's yeah. And I think that's a real privilege, that yeah. education that you get from the industry, I think is awesome. Personally. Mate, that, that's one of the big reasons why I started this, because when I went, the reason why I started with this was one, because I didn't feel like there was much out there for me to learn from, but really was to uncover the actual true perspective of working in recruitment. Because when, before I entered, I had no prior experience, and I, I'm sure you've heard this advice before, um, but obviously solid advice mm. out there is to read or learn about something or someone that you're going to do sort of mm. thing right and I look for that in recruitment and you're never going to really know what it's like to get into it but when I looked on looked online and tried to sort of get some real context it was very much you can earn money very quickly um, you'll be taking your clients out for fancy dinners a lot of the time and all that sort of stuff but no one really talked about how fucking hard it is no. um, and they didn't talk about the stuff you're talking about what you're going to learn from it long term and all those skills you're going to gain um, and again that's why I started the things I did to actually really uncover the, the true perspective of what, it can, what you can actually learn in recruitment and also what the career opportunity is. It, it 100% is it, it's, it's corny, but it changes people's lives. 100%. In terms <laughs> of clients mean. and candidates, but in terms of the people in yeah. it. Yeah. Because you, you get a 360 skill set. Uh, if you're running a desk, you're basically a CEO. Literally. You've got a cost, you've right got a salary, you've got to get, hit the top line and you've got to do it. And that's why it's amazing. Um, it's awesome. That sense of ownership. Let's talk about your uh, failures then. Let's talk about what, what was the sort of lowest point for you, do you think? Or the hard, the toughest point um, in your career, if you can remember. There have been heaps. <laughs> Literally. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I haven't always done very well, which will be good for anybody to understand is manage up very well okay interesting Ma- and i think when you as a consultant well even, even as a director yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. um i think okay. there's a lot of knowledge and skills and personal development that can be done on managing downwards and managing your team sure but actually it's so important to be able to manage upwards effectively and i've screwed that up a number of times yeah a number of times and you shouldn't fight your boss. <laughs> it's not. It's yeah, not a good yeah, plan. Yeah. Um, and normally it's ego based or trying to challenge or whatever it mm. is. But my the things I could have done better and the biggest learnings have definitely been about really ma- managing upwards. Really interesting. Um, so conscious of time. Um, another question I definitely not ask you because I think you got tons of experience. Um, for those that um, two two things actually. So for those that are probably early on in their recruitment career, twelve month within the first twelve months. What 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 would you say to those like if you were to go back and speak to yourself twelve months in? What, what would you say to yourself or say to those in that in that period? Like some solid advice where you, you go, you know what? If you if I listen to this every single day, I know that I'd get to where I am now, sort of thing. 
Um, any advice to those that are sort of early on in their recruitment career that you think could, could help them push on and, and stay in the industry? Yeah, definitely. So um, for a start, it's actually quite a simple game. <laughs> yeah. that can get very overcomplicated in our heads. For sure. And it's about two things. It's about quality and quantity. Mm. And if if you have a mantra in front of you in terms of when you've just started in the industry, how can I get motoring pretty quickly? Mm. If every day you're doing things to increase the quality of what you're doing and you're doing things to increase the quantity of what you're doing and combining those things together, you're going to be all right. I like it. And it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. It is like honestly that. that simple. No, you're right. I think once you made a place and it's like, oh, fucking all right, this is quite yeah. simple. Momentum, <laughs> off you go. Literally, yeah. Yeah, no, but like then that. it's about repeating, isn't it? Yeah. We looked at, um, uh, we did a study when I was working for a big global recruiter and we looked at our top 10 billers. Okay. Right? Nice. Because we were trying to work out what's the persona that works in our organisation okay. and how can we hire. And so we went out and there was 10 so we got these top 10 billers out of hundreds in this yeah. global organisation. There was five men, five women. So there was no Class, gender bias. Like that. There was four different ethnic backgrounds. Okay. Five of them were graduates, five of them weren't. Um, the ages ranged from 23 to 52. Okay. So it was so... Like, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't put it into Amazing. a simple formula. There was only two things that, when you delved down into their yeah. psychology, that were the same. Because some of them were very phone-based, some of them were very process-oriented. Mm. And the only two things that you could say were absolutely essential to being a, a huge biller were uh, work ethic, surprise, yeah, uh, but resilience. That was the one. Backbone. How, how did you manage? How did you get that? How did you know they were resilient? Then? Psych what? testing. Ah. Okay. So they were more resilient than the mean in the organisation. And when mm. you think about so true. the recruitment roller coaster, that's, like, no, that's exactly what I was about not, to say. It's, it's not. It's, that. it's not an accident, is it? That oh, name. Mate, so. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, where I came from, that name was. Because it's a fucking yeah, roller coaster. There you go. Literally, the ups and downs, go. and that's why I always ask that question because it's really interesting. But I think that's so true, mate. The, yeah. the resilience part, and I it's think the, the best recruiters, when they have when they have five candidates reject offers on the same day, who will still be willing to pick up the phone, source that job. Da, da, da. They're they're the ones that are going to win and going to be the top billers, right? I, I had a, one of our biggest clients go into liquidation out of nowhere last week. I shit you not. We got that call. <laughs> Oh. They, they were profitable. They were big. They had just come off a record month, but yeah. their parent company, for some reason, decided to tank it. Contractors on site, wipe out of forward revenue, all of that stuff. Fucking that happened up. last week. Oh, mate. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. and one of our guys was severely hit from that and has shown some fantastic character because he's just come charging into rebuild. I love it. And I love, I, I love that. So. Love it, mate. So, look, before we finish, tell me about what, what are you excited about? What's going on in your, in your world, then? Yeah, so really okay. excited about the fact that um, at EO, this value proposition we're taking to market. Um, but we're okay. just about to move to a multi-office environment. So, okay. um, so where your offices? So UK offices currently are in Winchester. Um, we've mm. got overseas operations in five countries. Okay, cool. Um, but London and Birmingham's en route in the nice. second half of the year. We've got some guys lined up for it and we're going to go multi-office in the UK. So I'm excited about that. Um, and also the uh, side projects I've gotten with you and the team here yeah. at Hoxo. Uh, which is a candidate platform. So that. that's going to be interesting too. So plenty of good stuff going on. Wicked. Um, so last question I always ask everyone, um, and you'll probably end up tying that up with everything that you've spoken about already, but if basically if you was able to communicate to every single recruiter, they'd listen to Andrew, they'd implement your um, advice tomorrow, what would you say? It could be a sentence, it could be one word. What would you say to, to all those recruiters if, if they were to listen? Yeah, add value and don't drop your fees. Love that, solid. Straightforward. <laughs> um, Andrew, absolute pleasure, mate. Um, and thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I like what you're doing. Good luck with it.